Welcome to ASME TechCast, where we bring you the innovators, the innovations, and the issues that push the envelope of engineering. I'm Carlos Gonzalez, Special Projects Manager at Mechanical Engineering Magazine. Today's podcast is sponsored by Fictiv, and we'll be speaking with Gina Olivieri, Chief Operating Officer at Fictiv. Fictiv is a digital manufacturing ecosystem that combines an easy-to-use cloud platform, including design, quoting, billing, and logistics systems to create an intelligent orchestration engine that manages a network of highly vetted and managed manufacturing partners. In the last seven years, Fictive has manufactured over 12 million parts for some of the most innovative companies around the world. Today, we are talking about Fictive's 2021 State of the Manufacturing Report and how the events of 2020 shaped the future of manufacturing for years to come. Hi, Jean, and thank you for joining us today. Good morning, Carlos. Thank you. So why don't we start by talking about the report and introducing the report. Like, who did you survey and what was the main goal from the report? We surveyed 230 manufacturing decision makers, uh, directors, VPs, executives, influencers, basically within uh, our customer base and beyond. And um, and really the goal of this, we do this every year and it's an exciting time for me. I can't wait for this to come out every year um, because it, uh, it uncovers key trends and business priorities that help us drive um, our business as well as help to inform others of the manufacturing industry as it is today. So we don't have to wait for books anymore in a couple of years. Uh, we get some pretty quick iterative annual information from our customer base and uh, and from our manufacturing partners, and we build this report. And I've seen the report, I've kind of combed through it, and it's definitely amazing what's happened, right? Because 2020, very impactful year for a lot of people. The COVID-19 pandemic has shifted a lot, disrupted quite a bit what these companies would call their everyday operations. So. Um, I mean, from the information that you've gathered, what would you say was the main takeaway from this report? I think the main takeaway was that things have shifted, permanently shifted. Even if we are to retract and go back to some of the ways, we can't go back to all of the ways. Uh, There's a permanency to what people learned. And, um, you know, disruptive, COVID was extremely disruptive to the supply chains and to how our engineering workflows uh, were happening. And so now is the time. And with this report, what we wanted to do is reflect on, gather those learnings while they're still fresh and look ahead to what the long-term impacts are and what we're going to have to permanently uh, adjust for. Why don't we start there talking about the report and diving in. What are some of those long-term effects? Because obviously, you know, things have changed, how this has really pushed companies into the digital forefront. They can no longer shy away from digital technologies because remote work lifestyle, you know, supply chain disruption, the not being able to rely on the sources of manufacturing that it be, that, that, that were the staple, right? The, the, the Chinas of the world. Uh, all that disruption has kind of shifted and forced companies and, and engineers into areas that maybe they've been putting off and you know the digital transformation that age has finally kind of in my opinion has finally come to fruition mainly in part because the pandemic pushed us there 
Yeah, you're correct. I mean, 95% say the impact of the pandemic is long lasting. We don't get better odds than that. Um, and so, uh, you know, when we, when we look at the report, there were really three key priorities that were uncovered. Uh, improving the supply chain resilience, uh, increasing the speed of the new product information, and investing in sustainable manufacturing practices. So um, we're, we're seeing ways for how those things are now needing to shift for our new environment. So we're seeing a con an, an interesting connection between the adoption of remote work and more flexible manufacturing arrangements. Um, if you can imagine, like, you know, you used to, everybody used to go into a lab or into a main facility where all of the parts and products came together. And now uh, we're having to find ways to get engineers parts in their garage or to a, a different location. Um, and so, you know, uh, we, we had to rethink how to do that. And companies had to rethink how to receive and prove out their products. So, um, you know, just a, just a couple of quick stats. Uh, in 2020, 56 predicted, 56% of the people predicted that uh, employees will continue to work remotely. But when we surveyed again this year, 57 said, 57% said that the employees are in fact still working remotely. So it held true. And um, I think we're going to be in this world for, uh, for quite a ways going forward. Um, so what happens when you can't travel to the office or fly overseas to manage production? That's really a, a kink in the chain. Uh, it, that hasn't been a barrier in the past. And so um, our companies are, and our customers are really seeing the benefits of being able to outsource this manufacturing and um, have the flexibility to shift and not be so deeply uh, committed to one manufacturer. 40% um, say they're more likely to outsource uh, high precision work, which in the past has really been you know, um, frowned upon because uh, the quality that returns isn't exactly uh, up to par. Um, but 40% versus 32% from last year say they will outsource high precision work because that is becoming more and more uh, available. And then 81% of executives say that remote work has actually positively impacted their attitude towards uh, the flexible uh, manufacturing arrangements. So that's a, that's a pretty significant stat right there. I mean, now we have executives more willing uh, to allow flexible manufacturing arrangements instead of um, being, again, deeply rooted into a single manufacturing supply chain. The remote work style definitely, well, one, suits the digital process, right? The fact that we can do things in a, in, with digital checks and by sending plans digitally, the remote work style has definitely suits that process very nicely. What have you found that you've had to maybe augment or provide your customers digitally in response to more remote work lifestyles? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say, uh, for me, it's quality, quality, quality. Uh, we do what we say and say what we do. So we want to get product into the hands of the designers as early as possible so they can iterate quickly. So in order to do that, um, you know, the benefits of using uh, us is uh, faster development. So we can get those parts to you very quickly. But we also have 
specifications and quality uh, requirements that we have up-leveled our network of suppliers to meet. And we can meet those specific qualifications and specifications based on the industry uh, that demands them. So um, our quality is improved. And then, and then the trust and the confidence of our customer uh, also comes with that because we tell them what we're going to deliver when. And then we also provide them transparency to that. We provide that online. There's visibility through that whole progress. Uh, and, and so I think that has allowed our customers to be able to have the, the confidence to trust in us in a very quick manner that they're going to get parts when they order them, when they expect them to be delivered and to the quality level that they, they can use those parts and iterate upon um, because we show them all the steps throughout the process right online. So I think that's where the on-demand platforms really can help immensely with supply chain resilience. Um, and that, that was, uh, you know, uh, digitally connecting these networks have a greater agility to shift production and avoid disruption. So it actually reduces risk overall and allows a lot more, uh, a, a lot, a greater improved amount of opportunity and uh, options for our designers and our product developers to get, uh, to, to realize their uh, their dreams, to, to realize their designs. And, you know, speaking of getting things to the customers and making sure that they feel like that their orders and their parts are coming in on time, supply chain disruption is a big problem that happened in, in, the, in the last year. And, you know, digital solutions are now filling the gap to make sure that doesn't happen again. What, from the report, what have been some of the major trends in terms of the supply chain? How can we future-proof the supply chain? So I, I think that there are a few things that if I were a customer, I would want. Uh, and I think that these are the things that you can you know, either internalize to your company or also expect from, from uh, new ways of, of digital manufacturing. And that is, you know, quality plagues just about everybody. And so uh, I would focus on the quality where you can get quality product and be assured that when the product shows up, it meets your specifications. So um, I think 53% of our respondents said they have concerns about quality of existing, their existing suppliers. And 81% um, and of those reported that quality issues in the supply chain have res resulted in, uh, in, in overruns. Uh, in the past year and overruns not only schedule, but also cost. And so those costs uh, are way too high. Uh, there is so much inefficiency in the way things are done today. Uh, it's hard to pull a part or product from a contract manufacturer, from a supplier uh, without it taking um, an immense amount of investment from the internal team. And, um, and so that's where digital manufacturing actually can help. It, it forces uh, finalization of a drawing, um, of a specification. You just get that part made or that product made. Um, and the, the platform helps provide the information at the point uh, needed most. And right now, things are, well, not now anymore, but in the past years, things had been previously done very manually through email, through spreadsheets, through 
uh, even through some online tools. But those those tools are still uh, not connected together. They're not cohesive and passing the, the same amount of information, even through engineering changes, through the point of use at, at when it's needed most. And that's where this digital transformation takes place. Um, you can access that information. You can always stay up to date with the latest information and the changes, uh, the needs, the approvals, all of that, and see the progression of where parts are online. All of that really squeezes out the inefficiency of the way manufacturing have been traditionally done. So it provides robustness. The information is there. Uh, it reduces the risk. Um, and it also helps you be more agile and nimble. So when things do impact you, such as tariffs or uh, any kind of natural disasters, um, uh, any, the pandemic, any of this, you are, you are more uh, ready and prepared to be able to quickly move your parts and products because you've already gone through the, 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 the pre-thought of what happens when um, and you can, you can definitely prepare for uh, the most critical parts to have multiple avenues of, of uh, fabrication and, um, and, and focus on the few critical while uh, not focusing so much on the many uh, more trivial. So those are the ways I would, I would suggest. Focus on quality, focus on nimbleness, uh, flexibility, focus on um, being able to uh, be faster with more predictable quality when you do receive product. I think what I've seen from, you know, just because of the supply chain disruption, flexibility in manufacturing, not necessarily mm -hmm. You know, being able to say, well, where can I manufacture this part? Where I, I don't really necessarily concern myself with which country. If, if I know that there's a place open, I can do it there. I mean, how how is on-demand manufacturing kind of facilitated that flexibility in terms of manufacturing? The on-demand manufacturing provides an immense amount of flexibility and choice. So, you know, we have pre-qualified networks of manufacturing partners, and we know exactly who to go to for the expertise that is needed for that fabrication. And, um, and so we have them uh, both onshore United States and offshore. And we can provide, uh, again, you know, it's all about the risk level and the criticality of those parts. And the choice is left up to the customer. You know, can you, do you want to uh, you know, source out of here or there. And um, we can help that very quickly with the push of a button, help craft that most strategic way of fulfilling your bill of materials. Is it for cost? Is it for schedule? Is it for risk? And we have the ability to place um, some things somewhere and other things other places. And that is how you craft robustness into your uh, supply chain. And one of the other things that I saw that was really exciting in the in the report um, was sustainability and net zero manufacturing. Um, this is a growing concern for a lot of companies, you know, especially as a lot of different countries start setting goals for 2025. A lot of large cities, a lot of large countries are pushing for net zero manufacturing or net zero lifestyles. How can on-demand manufacturing be part of that solution? 
Yeah, first of all, it's, it's very encouraging to see that sustainability hit the top three list uh, of business priorities for companies in 2021 in our report. So 68% of the execs said that the importance of sustainable manufacturing is increasing to the highest levels ever in the corporate history. And um, one of the main barriers today is gaining control over the sustainability standards of a vast ecosystem right, of global suppliers. So there's, there's such wide variance in the standard and processes. But now, you know, everybody's got to focus on that. Everybody saw what happened through uh, the pandemic. And uh, there's, there's so many notable positive changes that came out of last year, um, specifically attributable to um, the waste that goes on. And so the sustainability and the net zero manufacturing is really a top priority uh, for many companies and also for us. So we've taken our first step towards net zero manufacturing by offsetting the emissions produced um, by shipping through a partnership with Dot Neutral. And this year, Fictive ourselves have offset 230,000 kilograms of carbon dioxide through contributions to a clean energy wind farm in Bethel, Texas. So there's a lot more opportunity for us in the future and for everyone else to help drive sustainable standards. And, and the last thing that I want to I want to discuss in this, you know, in terms of the report or at, at a larger scale is from the small companies to the large companies, how can engineers embrace on demand manufacturing better? What are the critical skill set needed? to really embrace its platform so that it becomes the future of manufacturing? We like to say there's only one thing and that's really an open mind. Uh, everybody just needs to have an open mind to embrace the new ways of doing things. Uh, it's, it's clear from this year's report that we're not going back fully to the way we were. I hope we don't anyway. Um, I think this past year's really taught us so many important lessons and it's really provided us with the push off of the cliff that we needed to go to new ways. And, uh, you know, 95% of leaders say that digital transformation is essential to their company's success in the future, squeeze out all that inefficiency and, um, and also, you know, make their supply chain more robust with more flexibility and more ability uh, to be predicted. So it's critical that engineering teams embrace these new digital tools to help them streamline their own workflows and accelerate at a pace uh, that product innovators and innovation is demanding. I agree. And I think it's the open-mindedness is the key there, um, especially depending when you came into engineering, how long you've been doing traditional side manufacturing versus these new trends. You know, this is where I hope the personally um, being an engineer myself that the younger generation of engineers come in, start being the push and the drive to adopt some of these platforms that are just really beneficial for everyone around, I feel. Absolutely. And um, what's also nice is we have a lot of content and we had expertise within the company. So it's really nice for a younger uh, engineer to be able to leverage such a rich uh, knowledge pool. So, you know, it, it, it helps. Uh, you come out of college and, uh, and you're, you're fully equipped with all of these theories and you have some practical experience, but um, why not leverage some folks that are industry experts to try to um, 
you know, provide even greater uh, guidance and, um, and quicker assistance through some projects that are going on uh, within their own environments. So it's, it's really, it gives us a lot of joy and pleasure to put parts into engineers' hands quicker than, uh, than expected so that they can actually iterate on their designs and impress everybody within their company. And that's, that's what innovation's about, getting the parts in your hands, fitting them together, seeing how they react uh, with software in many cases, um, iterating and doing it again until it's perfect. Couldn't agree more. Well, Jean, thank you so much for your time today. This is a wonderful conversation. I look forward to hearing more from you and from Fictiv in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, Carlos. Have a great 2021. I'm Carlos Gonzalez. Thank you for listening to ASME TechCast. To learn more about Fictive and to download a copy of the 2021 State of the Manufacturing Report, please visit Fictive.com. That's F-I-C-T-I-V.com. And to listen to other episodes of ASME TechCast, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or your favorite podcasting platform.